Uh, Father, we, um, we, we want to always uh, thank you uh, for reminding us uh, to not um, give up meeting together, uh, for the necessity of us uh, encouraging one another um, as long as it is today. Uh, Father, so that we will not, uh, our hearts will not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And so, Father, we claim that promise. Uh, Father, we want to be faithful uh, just to gather when we can, uh, to talk about everything uh, that your Bible uh, has to say to us about every manner of thing. And so as we have uh, dealt with different issues in Proverbs, Father, we don't want to dismiss anything that we need to know and anything that would give us wisdom living in your world wisely. And so today, Father, would you... Um, help me and others just be grown-ups <laughs> as we talk about a topic that affects every one of us, has affected our families, has affected our friends, and affects our world at large. And so, Lord, uh, teach us today. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Um, so to define kind of, uh, how the Bible talks about sexual immorality is basically any sexual activity or intimacy outside of marriage. And so the... the um, the a metaphor that I want to use uh, for you as you, we think about this is fire, okay? So fire is awesome, okay? In the right context. Fire outside of the right context, real bad. Amen? Yeah. So God has set up um, uh, sex like that. He created it. He thinks it's awesome. He thinks you should be having lots of it, except as long as that's in the bounds of marriage. And so all of us have come from all different kinds of backgrounds and have all different kinds of experience as it relates to sexual activity or pornography or, or the like. And so we're not here, right, to uh, keep score. We're here to be wiser about how we think about those things, okay? And so as it relates to us, there's lots of stuff that we can learn and learn from each other. But also we want to <clears throat> understand uh, really the nature of temptation, that it is general for everyone, that there's nobody that's outside the realm of temptation uh, that it is normal uh, in the society that we live in, and everyone that has ever lived has struggled with it, okay? And so, uh, so that's what we want to talk about today. Um, so the reason why we want to kind of have a discussion specifically about, um, more about this topic is because the Bible actually has a ton uh, to say about it. And God cares about your sexual purity, um, you should care about your sexual purity. I think sometimes we think that God cares more than we do, uh, regardless of kind of what our experience level is. Uh, and then much of our struggle, I think, has to do with just being unaware of the devil's schemes about how we work, about how we operate, about the things that, um, that we struggle with. All right, so, all right, so show of hands. Raise your hand if you know someone or someone in your family that has been affected by pornography or infidelity. Okay. Uh, raise your hand if you have been a part of a spiritual community or church that has been affected by sexual misconduct. All right, unfortunately, right, that's kind of the same level of hands. That this is not, this is not like a, a random occurrence that people are tempted by this or fall prey to it. And so I want to uh, help us get kind of on the same playing field that there's not like, oh, uh, they're real bad. Like everyone, there's nobody that's outside the realm of affecting. So we're basically just going to look at four uh, passages of scripture. And so the first one we're going to look at is Proverbs 7, uh, 6 through 9. And so this is one where I want you to be uh, aware of the general right issue of uh, temptation and infatuation. Right? That, um, so everyone's tempted, right? God has made you, right, to be able to be aroused, right? There's nothing wrong with that, okay? 
Uh, temptation is also not sin. And so really the issues are just being aware of like there's nothing wrong with you, you know, liking parts from the, from the other sex, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I hope that's not too frank. <laughs> but we're grown-ups, right? We can talk about these things. So the issue is really me thinking better about that because I don't know if outside of health or my friends in the back of the bus, right? I, haven't, I didn't get a whole lot of good instructions <laughs> when I was younger as to my attitudes about sex, how I should think about, um, how I should think about what we call nudie mags, right? Has anybody ever heard of this term? <laughs> like these are things that we're constantly, well not constantly, could be exposed to and no one warned me about, hey, don't look at that. Hey, if this happens, beware of this because it's fire, right? It is, it is dangerous, but it is good in certain contexts. I had none of that. And so I'm anticipating that you've had all kinds of instruction, both good and bad, but most, mostly, right, we just don't talk and have good, solid conversations about this. So let's look at uh, Proverbs 7, 6 through 9. It says this, For the window of my house uh, I looked out through my lattice, and I saw among the naive... And discerning among the youths a young man lacking sense. So the situation is the person is saying they are an onlooker at uh, just a general person in the world. And they see a youth lacking sense and they're basically watching them. And we're given kind of insight into how they operate. But I think that this insight gives us three general principles that we all know way too well about how sexual temptation works. And he goes on to say, passing through the street near her corner... He takes the way to her house, and in the twilight, and in the evening, in the middle of night, and in the darkness. And so here's the three uh, things that we have. The first thing is that we put ourselves in harm's way. Okay, I know it doesn't feel like that, but if you'll ask yourself, honestly, you do. Right, that there's way too many uh, places that we put ourselves in harm's way. Okay, if I'm walking with my girlfriend in Target, really nothing's going to happen, Okay. <laughs> But if, but if I am alone for a long period of time with nothing to do, right, like that's putting myself in harm's way, and I have absolutely done that. And so, but we don't want to be naive about like that. We do that. It's not like it could happen. We put ourselves in harm's way. You understand? Like we put ourselves in those situations because we want to, right? Because, we, uh, because that is something um, that, we, uh, that we want to do a lot of times. So notice, as he says, near her corner, right? So he's passing through the streets near her corner. He can walk anywhere, but he's going by the corner where he can catch a glimpse, okay? The second thing uh, that we see here is he knows where to go, and he's hoping to find what uh, he's looking for, right? It's not just kind of wandering around, like I know exactly where I'm going, I know exactly what I'm looking for, and I know where to find it. He takes the way to her house, right? And, and the, all the language here is going to have a lot of, for the, for the hartle, it's going to have her, and for the fool, it's going to have him, but we can easily reverse those. <laughs> you know, dudes can be harlots too. Uh, girls can be uh, looking for stuff that they ought not. And then finally, right, this is usually not done in broad daylight. It says, in the evening, in the middle of the night, in the darkness, Right, that we know uh, that we're not proud of uh, what we're doing, that we want to do this kind of uh, under the radar, and so uh, we're looking for uh, opportunity. 
And so I think that those general principles, uh, I think, uh, I hope resonates like, yep, yep, and yep. Those things are real general about how I uh, struggle as it relates to activity or uh, pornography. That those are the things that, uh, that kind of set up the situation in which um, I am tempted uh, often. So, make sense? You with me so far? All right. All right, so the, <clears throat> the next, uh, the next uh, passage we're going to go over is what I'll call temptation strategy number one. And there's basically two of these. Uh, and this is one I'll quote, uh, is I would coin as I was looking for you, right? So as I walk through the passage here, I want you to think about that this is how the temptation kind of calls out to us. Uh, and we'll, we'll have kind of a, some quick thoughts about this, but this is really look at like a lot of times we think of the Bible as, uh, or people have to think about the Bible as, as antiquated or not common. Like as you read through this, you're like, man, that is like so spot on is crazy <laughs> as far as how this temptation works. And so, um, and so just, uh, just listen as I follow along and then we'll get some comments at the end. So Proverbs 7, 10 through 23. And behold, a woman or man comes out to meet them. Dressed as a harlot and cunning of heart. They are boisterous and rebellious. Their feet do not remain at home. They are in the streets, now in the square, and lurk in every corner. They seize them and kiss them, and with a brazen face says to them, I was due to offer peace offerings today. Today I have paid my vows. There I have come out to meet you, to seek your presence earnestly, and I have found you. And I have spread my couch with coverings, my colored linens of Egypt. I have sprinkled my bed with myrrh and aloe and cinnamon. Come, let us drink our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with caresses. For my spouse is not at home and has gone on a long journey. They have taken a bag of money with them and at the full moon will come home. With their many persuasions, uh, they entice them. With their flattering lips, they seduce them. Suddenly... They fall as an axe goes to the slaughter, as one in fetters to the discipline of a fool, until an arrow pierces through the liver, as a bird hastens to the sare, so uh, they that, that does not know what it will cost him his life. So there's often times where there's episodes that people in general, right, can trap and persuade somebody. But unless you're real famous and have a lot of money, most of the time, that's not going to be you, okay? <laughs> Most of the time, this is going uh, to be in the realm of uh, kind of the, the digital uh, media realm. Um, but we can, but we don't need to be uh, kind of un, unawares, right, that, uh, of dating sites that there are people that are up to nefarious right, means, like that they want things that they may not say that they want. And so outside of that, I want you to think of this kind of in the realm of like the temptation of pornography. <clears throat> so the first we have that there's, uh, we are introduced on the terms of commodity and sexuality. Think about someone um, as a commodity is uh, what our society puts forth in basically all of its movies, that men and women, right, are things to be used. This has been, uh, particularly for women, this is something that has been pervasive throughout most societies, right? That, that we're put in such a way that, hey, they are something to be used for somebody's gratification. All commodities are like that. Be it pizza or Kleenexes, TVs, it's not supposed to be people. 
And so what we're on the age of and have always been, right, is the commodification of people and the form and the image. And so this is a way of saying, right, people are things, right? And so, and so the, the thing, right, in our mind is dressed, right, as we want them to be, right? And they have a mind to do what we want them to do. This person is not uh, inhibited, not shy, confident of what he or she wants, not tied down with convention or what other people think. They are looking right for what they want. We see this in the, in the line, boisterous and rebellious, does not stay at home. They're trying to get your attention or someone. And they're available everywhere, as it says, in the streets, in the square, lurks on every corner, right? That you're readily available. They're everywhere, on my phone, on the movie screen, on the uh, on-demand channel, on my computer, right? There's no place I look that they're not there. They lurk. And you, think, and you feel singled out, right? We imagine that they want just me. But only me can meet that need. Right? It says, I've come out to meet you. I have found who I was looking intently for. I have found you. Right? And this is the facade. We know as you look at, the, as you look at a distance at the person you know, who is offering up their wares, right? as you look at a distance kind of clinically, like it, there's no temptation, but when it feels like it's you, right? that they want you, that you want them, right? That it becomes personal and we don't see through the facade. They make himself or herself and their situation as enticing as possible, right? It's curated. This is what I like. This is the person that the, the image that I like to look at in this particular situation. Rather, they're making themselves available so that there's no reason not to. How could they know? He or she is whoever you want them to be. There's no reason not to. They say, I've spread my coverings and sprinkled my bed with aloes and cinnamon. Come on in. Come and drink. Let us drink our fill. Let us delight ourselves. Join me. And yet no one will know. Because I'm someone else's. There's no relationship. You don't need, to, you don't need to, to stay here very long. You can come get what you want and leave. Someone else is taking care of me. You don't have to worry about, uh, it's just sex. We see, uh, we see they say, for my husband is away. He won't come till next week. And the temptations and persuasions of many as we fight with ourselves about why should we, why shouldn't we? No, I mean, again, there's, no, who's going to know, right? Who, uh, I, I won't tell anybody, right? Like, I'm, I just want you. Let us just enjoy ourselves. There are many reasons to follow, and they seduce. Right? There's this move from unwilling to willing, from uninterested to interested. By many persuasions, they're enticed. Flattering lips, they seduce. We move that way, right? From unwilling to willing, from uninterested to interested, right? They're trying to draw you in. And yet it says, but, there's, but it's a trap that leads to death. 
You just want, you just want some sex, right? We just want to feel good. Why does it have to lead anywhere bad? But it says it leads to death. But away he goes, an ox to the slaughter, as one in fetters to be disciplined by a fool. And here's the last part. Now, at some point, the trap will be pulled. There's not just the engaging in it and whatever comes from that. But like we will be found out. There's this interest if you've seen, had somebody in your family that was engaging in pornography for a while or illicit relationship or a relationship they shouldn't have been in. Like it comes out. Like it will not not be found out. And it, and it describes really specifically, right, an arrow piercing a liver. It feels like being shot and caught. And it's not a maybe, it's a it will happen. And so as you listen to those things that are just way, way too close to home, <laughs> what are some thoughts or some comments that you have as it relates to people that you've dealt with like this before? Your own... Uh, just struggle or difficulty is that is that is that too close to home is that helpful to see through what what is what we're looking at what what comments or questions or thoughts do you have be brave this is uh, helpful for everybody anybody dare speak you guys are doing good with the eye contact everybody's not like looking up at the up at the thing shuffling too much with the keys <laughs> anybody Thoughts? Concerns? All right. All right. I ask. All right, let's go to the second one. So, so that temptation strategy, go back to the, um, to the red screen, right? I was looking for you. So that's how we sum that up, like what the temptation is. All right, second one. Second temptation strategy Right, come and see what all the fuss is about. So I had, um, and we were talking about this with uh, another group recently, I had someone share that they had, um, that just a female friend of theirs went to a garage sale and just found a book. And wasn't quite what she was thinking about, but as she looked and saw some things, she just kind of kept looking. And then it just kind of got on her. And she lamented, you know, Man, I, why, why did God lead me to this book? <laughs> you know, why did, you know, why did I meet this person? You know, why did I see that thing? Well, there's no temptation except what is common to man, right? But really what I think that kind of feeling is this level of temptation, right? What's all the fuss about? What's the big deal, right, until it's on us, <laughs> And we're in trouble, right? What's this? This fire looks pretty cool. Ha ha! You know, it's hot. The, there's, a, there's a second part of that verse that you mentioned that I like. Yeah. It says there's no uh, temptation that a common man suffered uh, or something like that. And it says that uh, God will not let you tempt the young to bear. Yep. He'll always provide you a way out. That's right. I love that part. Good word. All right, so let's look at the second one. So it's pretty short, uh, Proverbs 9, 13 through 18. The person of folly is boisterous. They're naive and know nothing. They sit at the doorway of their house on a seat by the high places of the city, calling out the, those, to those who pass by who are making their path straight. 
Whoever is naive, let them turn in here. And to him who lacks understanding, they say, stolen water is sweet, but bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But then the result is the same. It doesn't matter what the temptation is, but he does not know that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. The picture that I get is uh, of an old carnivore fair. Uh, they don't really have this a while. You know, come see the wolf boy. You know, come see the conjoined twins. You know, come see, you know, somebody, a person that has horns and feathers and wings and all the rest of it, right? Now, how many of you would actually go and kind of look in there to see that? You know, so interested if it's actually true, right? But why would most of you not pay, pay the five bucks to kind of open the curtain and look in? Right, right. We're not naive enough to understand that like that, that those things aren't. Right, and so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take the risk. Right, I'm not gonna engage in that. But but that's kind of how this temptation works, right? What's all the fuss about? It's the temptation of engaging just a little bit, right? It's the uh, my you know, middle school friend. Hey, I got my dad's magazine. You want to look at it? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, uh, my, I found this, this movie. It's like my older brother told me it, it was good. You want to watch it? You know, it's got like sex and some stuff in it. What's that? Oh, I heard about that. You know? But then think about all the things, right? That seems dumb, right? Except to our middle school selves because we remember <laughs> having these conversations. And yet it doesn't really matter how we get into it, right? It's still death. It could be as, as like, huh, old sex textbook. I wonder what's in there. <laughs> as someone who uh, was introduced to that kind of stuff, you know, it's like just my parents not being real good about watching what I watched, you know, like they just didn't think about it and, you know, it doesn't matter what, how the in introduction goes, whether it's ask upon us or we just kind of see it, right? The, it, the issue is the same. Right? It's this naivete about things uh, pertaining to sex and sexuality. It's no big deal. Right? She says, if you have nothing to do, come check this out. Everyone tries it. Right, the naive turn in here. Hey, who, who, no, they don't say it like that, right? Hey, idiot, come look at this. <laughs> hey, I know you're not real smart. It's not that big a deal. And yet it is. Don't you know how great it is to look at things that you shouldn't? How exciting. They want you to look. They want you to enjoy it, right? They say stolen bread is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But we does not know that the dead are in there, that as I open those, that I open those curtains, death and her guests are in the grave.
right, as we think about the old uh, Pinocchio story, right, as they go to the, to the island. <laughs> they don't know that this is like, hey, it's fun and all, but like under there's a cost, right, to this. Any questions or thoughts about that one? <laughs> I'm not talking. Yeah, because unlike uh, meth, right, where you can see it on somebody's face, <laughs> you know, nobody's like, heroin's like, this is great, right? Yeah, we wouldn't do that with pornography, right? We wouldn't say, man, I just love this. <laughs> I just love everything about this. And yet we talk about it even less. So let's look at our, uh, our last one. And Proverbs 7, 24 and 27, and this is kind of the lasting impression I want to get and probably you know, where I want to take this, is I would entitle it a warning away from temptation to sexual activity. And so Proverbs 7, 24 through 27. Now, for, now therefore, my sons, and I'll add my daughters, listen, pay attention to what I'm about to say. <laughs> yes. Do not let your heart turn aside to their ways. Do not stray into their paths. For many are the victims they have cast down, and numerous are all her slain. House is the way to Sheol, descending to the chambers of death. This is exactly what uh, the point that um, the point that Andy made, right? That everyone in your life, and even including you, needs an older person to be in your life that says no. Don't go there. Don't look at that. Don't entertain that thought. I'm anticipating that maybe you had a couple people kind of talk to you and be there, but for. For by and large, you didn't have anyone warning you, right? Like we need to have a conversation with somebody. Hey, McLennan, if somebody offers you this magazine, buddy, don't look at it. Not what happens when they see it, right? But like, dude, don't do it, right? No one ever told me. No one ever had that conversation with me. And I imagine in, in the bit of uh, whatever activity that you've engaged in or whatever you've seen, I, I would guess that every one of you would love for someone older than you to say, hey, it's okay not to do that. Do you think there's some six-year-old that's been struggling with pornography abuse for 10 years who hates everything about what their life has become and yet... There's all the people around them that they won't tell them, hey, don't be like me. We don't warn each other. Even the, the experience that we have, right? We don't use that experience to, to be authentic and to share with others. If it's something that you are ashamed of or something that you don't like or something that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy, then you need to tell somebody. 
We've got, we've got messages about drunk driving. We've got messages about using illicit drugs and what they do. We've got messages about cigarettes and what they do. But yet there's nothing. There's, nothing, there's nobody out there shouting from the rooftops that don't engage in sexual immorality or pornography. But yet you look around at your, at your friends' families, your family, right? Yourself, if you have personal experience with this. You see the lives wrecked, and yet we say nothing. And so my, my encouragement to you is start saying something. We don't need to advertise or brag or uh, lament or what we might call... Um, uh, kind of elevate sin, right, in our testimony. But we do need to be sober about the things that suck. <laughs> Amen? And if you don't say something, nobody else is going to say anything either. And so this is part of that process. So like, hey, this is something that's easy to skip over. Hey, there's, there's, there's lots of other topics that we can deal with. Um, but while we talked about it in, uh, earlier in the school year, why we're going to keep talking about it as often as it comes up because as uh, that God wants us to be wise about these things, right, and not foolish. So look at the warnings. How many of them there are. Like, this is important to the person. The last thing I want you to think about is, who is Solomon? Right, is he some, like, priest up in an ivory tower? Like, Solomon... Uh, is like the most worldly dude you have ever even heard about. Okay, Solomon has made more money, had more sex, built more buildings, known more stuff than anyone that has ever lived. And he is saying, hey, listen up about what I'm saying. Don't be dragged into this. As a person that has suffered the consequences, don't you suffer the consequences. He's not just some random dude saying, hey, it'd be better if you didn't. Right? If we study Solomon's life, we see the outcome. <laughs> right? He's the one that wrote Ecclesiastes, that everything is vanity as it relates to chasing the world. End of all things is this. Obey God and keep his commandments. Listen to the people that you need to listen to. And we see this Many are the victims and the numerous are the slain, and there is only death there. A lot of times we'll, we'll joke about it or we have kind of our own issues with our own um, experience with it. Uh, but, but what uh, kind of stays in the darkness, right, is what is going to have power over us. And so the last part I want to I cover is just like, so what, so what if I'm there? Like, what am I in the midst of this? Like, what do I, what do, I do? So what if I'm in it? So there should be one more. There we go. I don't mean it to like, the red is not like, warning, warning. I just, I just kind of picked, I just kind of picked red. I'm sorry. Uh, the first thing is don't be naive, Right? about the temptation, about the struggle. I mean, you're grown-ups. Like, you watch the news. Like, you know people. 
I mean, you know how destructive this is. Like, don't think like, eh, I'm fine. Like, because just because every other person on the face of the earth, right, has struggled with this, I'm going to be okay with it. Uh, I love this line from an old pastor. He's like, I don't have to watch pornography to know that I would be addicted to it. You understand? <laughs> I don't have to have had sex to know that I'll really like it and want to get it whenever I can. Now, don't be naive. Right? Again, there's... Um, anyway. Tell someone and ask for help. Um, you know... We, we lie to ourselves when we struggle with things. So like, you know, the worst thing that can happen actually is if they know what I'm going through. That's the worst thing. So I won't tell anybody, right? Everybody been here? I don't care if it's something, if it's something little like, okay, I'm addicted to Candy Crush. Years ago or whatever, whatever the equivalent of that looks like, like I'm embarrassed to tell somebody, but I can't stop playing. <laughs> but do you want to stop playing? Do you want to stop uh, pornography having a hold on you? Do you want to stop like uh, sexual activity? Like if that's what you want to do, then you need help because you haven't been able to stop up to this point. You understand that? Rob, do you understand that? Yes, I understand. If you have a problem, you need to tell somebody and you need to ask for help. The third thing is I want you to remember that temptation is not sin. Right, we've got to get over this fact of like sex bad. Right, if I'm aroused bad. Right, if I like these parts bad. No, God made you, right, to like the parts. Right, to be aroused. Right, for sex to be good. Okay? But it's not supposed to be outside the bounds. That's how we made it. And, and we just, it just gets real messy, real fast, as you know. And so most of our issue is just like fighting with God about that. How does that normally go? <laughs> when we fight with God about things that we, when we think we know better than Him. He's like, go on, Rob. Knock yourself out. Good luck with that. I told you. I'll be here. I'll love you. I'll restore you. But like, I don't want you to have to go through that pain. Fourth, a lot of the problem, my problem, your problem, is poor habits. And not thinking that more poor habits are poor. I don't know why I struggle with this. I spend eight hours on the computer every day un, with nobody around. It's crazy. I just, you know, isn't that weird? <laughs> I can only play video games for so long. I can only look at websites for so long, and then I go looking for something else. Right? I go out seven days a week and stay out six, you know, six hours a night till the bar closes. <laughs> and I wonder why I keep getting myself into this mess. Golly, that's crazy. Well, just keep thinking about it. Maybe we'll figure out what the problem is. Right? I'm going to extreme uh, scenarios, but what are your bad habits? The things that you do over and over and over and over again without thinking twice about it. That's like, and as you think once about it, you're like, oh yeah, that's how I keep getting in trouble. Because you'll be tempted without looking for it, but most times we're looking for it. You don't need to help yourself out. 
So the last piece of this would be uh, being passive and reactionary with your emotions. A lot of times, right, I love him, I love her, right? I just feel really bad, this will make me feel better. You're right, I don't have anything to do, I'm bored. Like whatever the emotional thing is that's the attachment to that stuff, right? We all have what they are, right? And we just feel like, well, it's just kind of, like temptation kind of just is this wave that's rolling in that leads to sin and I'm just on the wave and I just gotta ride it till it's done, right? Isn't that how it feels? And that's how we do because we actually never have tried to stand up to the temptation. Just temptation comes and I'm like, all right, let me hop on the bike, let me roll it in. Where if we're wise to the fact of, you know what, you don't have to sin when the temptation comes. That you can, I've been looking at pornography for 30 minutes, I don't have to look at it for another two hours. I can stop at any point, but I don't know that that's possible. We can be in the throes of what we get in the throes of, and you're like, you know what? I know we've gotten way too far, but like we don't have to keep going way too far. Or it's like, Rob, you know a lot about this. Yep, I'm a sinner just like you. Right, I've been in every one of the situations that you've been in. And I want better for myself and I want better for you. Right, God wants better for you. Do you want better for yourself? And so this last question, is this something that you want to be about? Right, is this something that you want to uh, like have hold of you? And I think that really is the question because for a lot of my life, I did not want it to have a hold of me. That, I mean, that just as frankly as I can put it. I didn't want to defeat it. <laughs> I liked holding on and doing, doing what I could. All right, so that's, uh, I could say much, much more, but that's enough. So any thoughts or, or questions, any dialogue that you would have with me before we, we close? And it can just be a real general thought. It doesn't have to be like, well, here's all my stuff. Though we're here for it. Yes? Yeah. And so how can we choose goodness, the goodness of God, and also be satisfied by that goodness of God in place of that? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. So I'll try to answer it real quickly. So you know how all of us like are deathly afraid of being, uh, being awkward? Everybody? Like you think like if I'm awkward, then I'm just gonna spontaneously combust. Like if I'm awkward long enough, I just like, I'm just gonna burst into flames and just be done, right? Isn't that how everybody thinks about it? And so I wanna be awkward the least amount possible or avoid it at all costs. When we think about kind of that idea, I want us to think about also the sin that we engage in, particularly this one, right? That it's because I can do it, I'm not like my face isn't melting right the second, right? And I don't see, like, I don't look like a meth head. Um, then like it's going to be okay, right? But often because we, because in our, in our history and experience that temptation is sin, I don't know what life looks like outside of that. Like I have absolutely no idea how to trust God because I've not, not, because I've never trusted him in that. And that a lot of times is my life. Like that's how I'm kind of self-medicating to get through, <laughs> to make myself feel better that there's this thing right, that my girlfriend lets me do or my boyfriend uh, lets me do or that I engage in, right, that's just this little piece that's for me. And I've never not done that. And so I don't know what God's goodness looks out on the other side. I've never tried it. And so I think the first piece is trusting enough to say no and then finding out that I won't burst into flames. Like that was a huge revelation for me in the midst of, of that uh, of those types of sins that, well, Rob, what if, do you remember, like you lived a good portion of your life not engaging in that stuff and you've been engaging in that stuff pretty frequently for a while. Like, do you know what adult life looks like not engaging in that on the regular? If God's got me, can he not have me in this? How am I going to trust him for where I'm going to live or do? How am I going to look for, yeah, there's much bigger things that he wants me to do and if I can't not do something, and he still, and he proves that he's got me, then how, how am I going to trust him with bigger things? Is that helpful? And so, but you won't know until you say, God, I'm just going to trust you here and not do that one time. Anybody else? Last comment? Good. Amen. Tattoo. I'll know when, I know when you I've know, gone to, yeah. Right, you know, or whatever it may be. And just to think that, you know, Proverbs is a book about wisdom because we're all fools and we all need it. And so I think for the first step, a lot of times just like, God, I'm a fool. I don't know and I don't want to know. Help me to want wisdom instead of just being complacent in my foolishness. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Win on that one. Let me pray for us. Father, we are foolish, and we don't think we are. Father, we trust you uh, for lots of things uh, that matter and a lot of things that don't. Father, but uh, I don't know a ton of people that trust you in this, that are in the throes of it, and Father, have put it away because under conviction they say that you want better and this isn't really good. Because it doesn't... 
it seems like I'm throwing away something good for the promise of I have, not, I have no idea. But yet over and over in Scripture, Father, you tell us, Lord, that sexual immorality has grave consequences. It opens boxes that shouldn't be opened. It makes us view people as commodities that are supposed to be my brothers and sisters in Christ. Right? It, 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 my, how I view the world, it just, it just colors it in ways that I just can't even imagine. And Father, those things we will take into marriage. Father, they don't, they don't wipe the slate clean of, of my sexual history uh, because I have found a wife or a husband. I have that sexual history. And so, Lord, uh, I pray that we are naive no longer. Father, I pray that we don't play the fool any longer. Lord, these are serious things, that we all have serious uh, baggage. Lord, that we all are doing things right now. Uh, Lord, that we uh, maybe wish that we weren't. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give each of us grace with the other people, that, that no one in here is perfect, that no one in here uh, is looking to somebody else and saying, I'm better than you in this. Lord, that we all stink, <laughs> including myself. And so, Father, would you give us a better picture of your love? Would we listen and pay attention and understand that this is where death is? And that you begin to build in us, right, a conviction and a theology where sex uh, is thought of the way you want us to think about it. And that I begin to put away uh, my bad ideas and my bad habits. Lord, we love you and we thank you that you care enough about us to talk to us even about this. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.